100. Last week we talked about uh, verse number 1. We're, we're talking about the culmination of coronation. Psalm 100 being the last of several psalms that were included in coronation to the king. And uh, last week we talked about joyful service. You know, our labor in the kingdom of God and is to be done with, with extreme excitement and extreme happiness. And, and, and today we're carrying on a little further with that and we're going to talk about joyful praise. And, um, and so David said in Psalm 100, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. The, the ending psalm of coronation of the king begins, as I preached last week, with making a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Again, this noise was reminiscent of the sounding of the blast of the trumpet. This noise was to be a joyful noise. Somebody say a joyful noise. The coronation of the king was not to be a sad affair. It was to be a time of joy. A time of excitement. A time of celebration. And we are to serve the Lord with gladness. Service to God is to be done in a particular manner. That is, with gladness. That is, extreme happiness. Extreme excitement. Extreme joy. I do not believe that service to the king is to be drudgery. When I'm talking about the, the King, I'm talking about our King today, Jesus Christ. Amen. And what we do, our service, and we, we talked last week about our, our service to God is more than coming to the house of God. and it, It's more than, than singing and we, we sing. It's more than uh, worship and we worship. It's more than uh, just uh, committing... Our, our financial resources to the Lord. Service to the King is what we do outside the confines of the sanctuary. And that service is not to be done in drudgery. Can I say it like this this morning? The things that I do in service to the King are not done out of constraint. Nobody's making me do what I do. Amen. Amen. Nobody's making me spend hours upon hours in, in study and reading and meditation on the Word of God and praying all throughout the day. No, nobody makes me do that. Now, nobody makes me put together Bible studies or, or, or puts together... Uh, messages to, to preach. No, nobody makes me spend hours studying uh, lessons for, for Purpose Institute. Nobody makes me getting my, get in my truck and, and, and fund my own mileage to, to traverse a, across this entire district or state for, for the kingdom of God. Nobody makes me do that. I'm going to tell you, it, it makes me happy to be able to do that. 
it, it makes me joyful, Brother Tim, to, to be counted worthy, to be in the employ, so to speak, of the King that, that I serve. So the, the, our service is not to be done begrudgingly. I love being in service to the King. Amen. Amen. I said, I love being in service to the King. It is, it's exciting to me. I, I do my best to serve with gladness. That, that doesn't mean that one doesn't get tired in the labor. Because one does. Nor does it mean that there is never opposition to your labor in the kingdom of God because there is. It does mean that there can be strength in joyful service. Amen? I said it means that there can be strength in joyful service. Amen? The prophet Nehemiah said it like this in, in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 10. He recorded and said, Then he said unto them, Go your way. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Can I say it like this this morning? It matters with what attitude one serves God. Serve Him with, with gladness. Serve Him with gladness. Come before His presence with singing, the psalmist said. Amen. There, there's something about coming into the presence of God with a song on your heart. And a song that is coursing across your lips. A song of praise. Amen. Come into His presence with singing. Not with drudgery. Amen. Not always weeping. Not always discouraged. Not always despondent. Not always cast down. Amen. Not always trodden down. But in the coronation of the king, the psalmist said, we need to come before his presence and we need to be singing when we come. So we sing to the king. Again, the psalmist said, come before his presence was singing. When, when one is given accolades to the arriving king, there is a proper way to come before him. That's with singing. There's power in music or singing. I, I've already stated that, that singing or music, the right music, can help set a tone. It can help set an atmosphere. Amen. We sing praises to the Lord. And it sets an atmosphere in, in the house of God. I, I, don't, I don't know if you if, if, if paid attention, but in, in the last few weeks when Brother Tim gets up to, 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 uh, to, to sing, you know, it, it sets a stage. Amen. There, there is a spirit that comes in. There, there, there is a change sometimes in, in the atmosphere of the service. That is the power of music. That is the power of singing. And the psalmist understood that there is power in music or power in singing. Psalms or songs again can help usher one into the presence of God. Come before the king with a song in your heart and on your lips. Amen. I'm going to tell you. Singing and music is so powerful, amen, that the proper music has the power to soothe the spirits of mankind. 
It's recorded in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 14 through 17. And then again in verse number 23, the Bible says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on the harp. And and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well. And bring him to me. I'm not going to spend time on on this, but just kind of just a 30 second sidebar here. You you notice the words of, of the scripture when it talks about a cunning player on the harp. And then Saul says, you know, you find that man that can play well. Amen. I believe personally. That everything that you do in worship to God should be done to the very best of your ability. Amen. Amen. It, It should not be that the singers and the players of this world put more time and more effort and more energy into playing for, for, for the world and, and, and for the spirits of the world than God's people do in the house of God. Listen, when we come into this place, we're involved in the coronation of our King. We've come into this house to entertain the presence of the living God and there's not one thing that should that is done in service to God that should be done halfway or half-heartedly or haphazardly because there's nothing about God that's haphazard. I don't want him to touch me in a haphazard fashion. I don't want him to hear me in a haphazard way. I don't want him to heal my body in a haphazard fashion. I'm going to praise with everything that's in me. I'm going to lift my voice and shout. I'm going to expend my energy. I'm going to do it well. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to give Him everything that I have. Amen. If I play music before the Lord, I'm going to be sure that before I get in the house of God... I'm ready to play. Amen. And to play with all of my might. If I'm going to teach when I get in this house, I'm ready to teach when I get here. If I'm going to preach the Word when I get in the house, I'm ready to preach when I get here. I have made preparation. I'm going to do it well because I'm doing it for the King. And if I'm singing, I'm going to sing with everything that's in me. I'm doing it in coronation for the king. And so the servant said, we don't need just any harp player around here. But we need one that's cunning on the harp. We need one that knows knows every musical scale that there is. We need one that knows how to apply what he knows on that harp. Get the right notes and the right sounds out of it. To set a stage. To set the mood, so to speak. To set the atmosphere. Now my my wife is not a country music fan and and I'm not either. But there's something about a steel guitar that my wife loves. You know, you, 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 you listen to a song and you hear a steel guitar in there. Man, my wife jump all over that. Oh, oh, that sounds like a steel guitar. And I was talking to a young man in, in Purpose Institute yesterday and, and, and found out he plays a steel guitar. And he, he's that same boy who was talking about earlier that, uh, you know, was in, in South Mississippi. 
uh, for several years, and and, uh, and and he started talking about you know playing the steel guitar and learning, and and he said you know when we lived in Mississippi, he said I was the youngest member uh, of the Steel Guitar Players Association in the state of Mississippi. I, I was the youngest member of that of that group or organization or what or, or whatever it is and you know and, and and I can I can do that and I talked to him about how he learned and where and all of that kind of stuff and 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 we knew people in common you know that played you know the steel guitar and they're cunning players they they know what they're doing and and uh, and I brought up a couple of names and he said I I know them well and and I said man they can they when it comes to a steel or a lap steel I mean they they can they can make that thing talk and he talked to me about about one man that you know had a a, a custom built steel guitar and he said I've heard him I've heard him play that thing and there's so many pedals and bends on that thing that that he makes that that sound and it sounds just like somebody's singing sounds just like somebody's voice singing you know what that is that's that's a cunning player and and the player that he mentioned I, I've seen videos of, of of this man he is a cunning player and, and the servants of Saul said, we don't need just anybody that can throw a harp on their lap and, and pull their fingers across the strings. We need somebody that knows what they're doing. Because it's that music that we're depending on to set the stage and to set the atmosphere in the presence of the king. Amen. Now let me tell you this. If the servants of Saul can do that for an earthly king, how much more? Should the presence of God mean to us that when we get in the house of God, I'm coming with singing. I'm going to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I'm in His presence. I'm going to give Him coronation today. And I'm going to do it with everything that I have. And so Saul said, Provide me now, man. They can play well. Amen. I'm not, even Saul acknowledged the fact. He said, I'm not looking for somebody that can just play cowboy chords on a guitar. If you don't know what cowboy chords are, that's kind of a, kind of a slang for G, C, and D, and F. You know, in the first fret on the guitar. You know, and of course I understand. You can play 5,000 songs in three different, you know, and using three chords in a strum. And I, I understand it. And I'm not knocking that. Amen. But Saul said, I need somebody that can play well. I'm not looking for somebody that can just strum three chords. I, I'm looking for somebody that when they get into my presence and this evil spirit is on me, I, I need somebody that knows what they're doing, that can set the tone and set the atmosphere that the Spirit can leave me and I can be at rest and be at peace. And so verse number 23 of 1 Samuel 16 says, And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and he played with his hand. I don't know what he played, I don't know what style he played, but he, he took the harp and he played with his hand. And he played to the degree that the Bible says that Saul was refreshed. And Saul was well. And the evil spirit departed from him. I don't know. I don't know what you think about it. But what I hear the Bible telling me was that when David got in the presence of Saul and that evil spirit was upon him, that David played with such cunning and with such anointing that Saul's spirit was refreshed in him and he became well. And the evil spirit departed from him. That helps me to understand that David was doing everything in the presence of the king to set the right atmosphere. The king needs to be well. 
The king needs to be refreshed. The king needs this evil spirit that's on him to depart from him. And I have the key to do it. Amen. If God will anoint me, then I can play, I can play to the, to, to the glory of God. Amen. And the right atmosphere be set in, in this house. Amen. And I believe that that's what we need to do every time we come into the house of God. Amen. We're not singing to please one another. We're in coronation of the King. We're not, plead, we're not playing to hear for somebody to say, my, my, what kind of ability that you have. We're playing and for the coronation of the King. We're coming into the presence of the king and we're covered with a song in our heart we have joyful service and we have joyful praise amen brother Tim great player buddy I, I like the licks he was playing this morning I mean that, that's, that, that tells me that brother Tim spent some time somewhere in preparation those, those, those licks and that timing and, 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 and that style he was playing. Amen. It affected me, Sister Mary. You know, I, I want to get up and just kind of sway a little bit, you know. But, but, but I, I'm kind of thinking, well, if I, if I do that, they go, they're going to think I'm crazy because they ain't going to sway with me. I mean, I'm kind of feeling that thing this morning. It it, it, it was not just the words of the song, you know, that said i got a long way to go to be like the Lord. I already know I've got a long way to go to be like the Lord. But there was something about the way He played and something about the style of that song that just did something to my spirit. And I'm not the king. And if it did something to my spirit, what do you think it did to the king this morning? Amen? What do you, now, let me use my imagination and don't, don't think me backslid today. But Sister Mary, I can, I can just imagine the Lord if He's sitting on His throne today and all of a sudden the notes on that piano and that style start emanating in the presence of the king. Don't, don't, don't think me too carnal to think that the Lord didn't look down and hear that and say, Whoo, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm liking that. Hey Peter, come away from them gates for a minute. I have something you need to listen to. Listen to that, Peter. He's singing about a long way to go to be like the Lord. And them people already know they got a long way to go, but I want you to listen to that playing. That's cunning playing. That's well playing. And, and Peter is setting a tone. It's setting an atmosphere. Because I'm telling you something right now. Brother Tim Manning had absolutely no idea what I was preaching this morning. But somehow, as it has been in every service, God laid that on His heart for today. And the Lord saying, you know what? I, I'm going to let it just all fit together. Because they need to understand something about joyful service and coming into my presence. They need to know that it does something to the Spirit and the atmosphere when they come in the presence of the Lord with singing. Amen. I believe it lightens the heart of God. And it does something to our King when we come into His presence and we're singing. We're involved in the coronation of our King. And so, the, so Saul was refreshed. Saul was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Paul tells the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 9, and, or excuse me, chapter 5 and verse number 19. 
He said, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Amen. Singing and making melody in your hearts. To what? Your wife or your spouse or your kids or your grandkids or your neighbors? No, a thousand times no. There was something that Paul understood through experience about the power of entering into his presence with singing. And he said there's going to be times that you need to speak to yourself. Amen. In psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, singing making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Not to everybody else. You're doing it to Him. You're coming into His presence with singing. I'm talking about joyful praise this morning. And when you do it to the King, you do it with everything that's in you. Amen. You do it with everything that's in you. Amen. I promise you, if, if, if President Joe Biden were to walk through those doors this morning, the Secret Service agents coming in before him, and he would walk through those doors, it would be proper protocol to the President of the United States for you to rise to your feet. It doesn't matter whether you like the man or whether you don't. It doesn't matter whether you agree with his policies or whether you don't. Amen. There's a certain protocol when it comes to people in authority. And it would be incumbent upon us in respect to the, to, to the authority of the position to rise to our feet upon the entry of the President of the United States. And if we would do that for somebody like the President, how much more should we use the proper protocol when we come into the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You come in the presence of God with singing. And you sing with all of your might. I don't care. I don't care if you can't carry a tune in a bucket. You're in the presence of the King. And you give everything that you've got. I don't care if when you lift your voice, the dogs outside in the neighborhood start howling. Amen. You lift your song and and your voice. Amen. To God, I'm in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. And coronation to the King is proper protocol. He's arrived. And I've got to do the right thing. I'm talking about joyful service or joyful praise rather Paul told the church at Colossae in chapter 3 and verse number 16 he said let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms hymns and here he goes again in spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts. To whom? To everybody else? To the family? To the dogs? To the doves out in the field? No, he said, you're doing it to the Lord. You're, you're doing this. You're using songs. You're using hymns. And you're using spiritual songs. What is that spiritual songs? That Paul has, has referred to twice now in, in the book of Ephesians and then in the book of Colossians. What is that spiritual songs that Paul is talking about? I'll tell you what it is. He, he, he talks about this in, in 1 Corinthians and when he's talking to the church at Corinth. And he, and he says, I will pray with my understanding and I will pray with my spirit. I will sing with understanding and I will sing with my spirit. Amen. Paul said, hey, there's times I pray, I know exactly what I'm saying. There's times I pray, I don't know what I am saying. I can know what I'm praying about, but I don't know what I'm saying because I'm doing it in an unknown tongue. 
And Paul said, I'll sing with my understanding. And I'll sing with the Spirit also. This is something that if it, if it happened, I believe modern apostolics would, would pass clean out. We, we'd, we'd try to send somebody to a psychologist or a psychiatrist to try to find out what's wrong with them. If somebody burst out in a service and started singing in, t- in an unknown tongue. Anybody ever heard that happen? Anybody ever heard that happen? See, just a few of us have ever heard that happen. When I was a kid, go, go to my granny and grandpa's church as a woman. Spirit of God get to move and she'd bust out singing in tongues. And when she did that, Sister Mary, there was a presence of God that would usher in that place. Now as a kid, that scared me to death. Because it, this woman had kind of a deep voice anyway. You know, I, I, I used to be amazed because I thought, man, she's a woman, but she got a man's voice. And I, and I didn't understand that. And so when she'd get to pray and she'd get to, get to talking and she had this deep voice and she'd get to praying in this deep voice and Spirit of God get to moving, she'd start singing in tongues in this deep voice. And, you know, and as a kid, I'm kind of cowering down, peeping over the top of the back of the pew because I, I don't know what's going to happen next. Amen. But I'm telling you, it's the will of God. Amen. Paul said twice. He said, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing songs I'm going to sing hymns I'm going to sing spiritual songs and I'm singing with grace in your hearts and you do it to the Lord I'm talking about joyful praise today James had something to say about it too about the power of music and song in worship He asked questions. James chapter 5 and verse number 13. He asked, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. If you're afflicted, pray. If you're merry, Sing. Because when you do it, and you do it in the presence of the King, you are acknowledging the goodness and the blessings of God upon you. Amen? That there is so much power in music and in singing. That it can literally be the vehicle to unlock prison doors. Amen. The proper music and singing has the power to cause angels to open prison doors. Paul and Silas are in Philippi preaching the gospel. They're preaching the gospel down by the riverside because they don't have a church, they don't have a house. I'm, I'm assuming there was no synagogue there uh, in, in Philippi. And so they go down because there's, the, the custom was that there was a group of women that would go down by the riverside on the Sabbath day and, and they would worship. They would worship God. Somehow Paul and Silas heard about this group of women and they went down to the riverside and they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. The result of this was Lydia was converted. You remember Lydia? She was the seller of purple. She was the one that made clothes and dyed them purple. Now, history says Lydia was a wealthy woman. And after her conversion, her house was big enough that they could have, they could have church in her house in, in the city of Philippi. So Lydia was converted. A young girl who was possessed with a spirit of divination 
followed them for many days before Paul cast the evil spirit out of her. This made a lot of people mad, resulting in the beating and the imprisonment of Paul and Silas. And the Bible said that they were put in the inner prison and their feet were made fast in stocks according to Acts chapter 16 and verse number 24. But I want you to notice in verse number 25 what happened. Verse 25 says, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And once they prayed, they began to sing. I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice at at least two or three things very quickly. Number one, it happened at midnight. Midnight, just by the nature and the definition of the word, is in the middle of the night. In the middle, in the middle of something. I'm going to tell you something right now. You can be in the middle of stress. You can be in the middle of sorrow. You can be in the middle of heartache. And you can pray. And you can begin to sing. And when you're in the middle of a crisis. And you pray to God. And you begin to lift your voice. And singing praises to God. I'm telling you right now. That prayer and that joyful praise. Will set the stage for the miraculous to happen in your life. Midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises, the Bible said. And they didn't do it just to hear themselves sing and they weren't putting on a concert for the prisoners. But Luke said they prayed and they sang praises unto God. What are they doing? They're setting the stage. They're creating an atmosphere that the angel of God can step on the scene. It just so happened that they were loud enough in their praying and in their singing that Luke said that all the prisoners heard them. They heard their prayer and they heard their joyful praise. And when Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, then Luke said, And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Can you imagine, Sister Mary, sitting in your feet in stocks And you're in in the inner prison. And you have been beaten. Luke said with many stripes. He didn't say how many or how long a duration that Paul and Silas was at that whipping post. But Luke said they were beaten with many stripes. And you're in that kind of condition. You're thrown in the inner prison. And your feet are made fast in the stocks. You can't get up and walk around. You can't get up and kneel down on your knees and pray. But still they prayed and they sang praises to the Lord. Everybody heard them and Luke said suddenly amen there came a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken I want you to get a picture of this because I want to show you the power that there is in prayer and joyful praise unto the Lord because the literal prison I don't believe that Luke was speaking symbolically here he was speaking of the of the foundations of the literal prison where they were sitting began to shake and immediately all the doors were open And at the time the doors were opened, Luke said every man's bands were loosed. The shackles fell off of not just Paul and Silas, 
But every prisoner in that place, every one of them went free because two men who were beaten said, you know what? We're going to pray and then we're going to enter into His presence with singing. And there was something so powerful about the two that the foundations begin to tremble. And every one of them walked out, and I'm not going to take time to, to, to recap the rest of the events, but the result, the result of these events were that the Philippian jailer and his entire house was converted. Why? Because two men said, we understand that there is great power in joyful praise. Amen? There's great power in joyful praise. That praise can also be a song of praise unto the Lord. In Psalm chapter 40, and I'm closing with this. Psalm chapter 40, David speaks... Of, of praising God for past deliverance. In Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 3, David said it like this. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. And he established my goings. And he's put a new song in my mouth. Even a song of praise. Can I tell you something this morning? Some of you need a new song today. Some of you need a new song today to some it almost seems as if if praise and worship to God is out of vogue it's it's not the thing to do it's not cool it's not you know the the thing to do nowadays is is just to stand stoic and watch everybody praise God and When it comes down, you know, check my email or check Facebook, check this. Some of you need a new song. Because you need to remember where God has brought you from. To where you are right now. Every one of you have been blessed by the hand of God. God's blessed you physically. God's blessed you financially. And God has blessed you emotionally and spiritually. But if we're not careful, we can get to the point that we think, I did this. And the blessings of God can be stripped away just that quickly. One doctor's report would change everything. One loss of job would change everything about your life. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. And He inclined unto me and He heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. Anybody been in a horrible pit? He brought me up out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay. That, that that's not stable. 
That that you can't build upon, that you you can't do, you 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 can't depend on it because it's unstable. He he brought me out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a rock. That which is firm, that which will not move. And when he set my feet on a rock, he's established my goings. And he put a new song in my mouth. It's even a song of praise. Not to you. Not to others around. But it's a song of praise unto our God. You remember where you used to be? Compared to where you are right now? Don't you think you owe Him joyful praise? He picked me up. He picked me up out of the miry clay and He set my feet on a rock. He established my goings. He established my life. And He put a new song in my heart. It's a song of praise. You know why there are people who don't like songs of praise? I'll tell you why. Because songs of praise bestow the attention on somebody else. If I'm singing a song of praise unto the Lord, like the Bible says, I'm directing attention to Him. I'm directing attention away from myself onto Him. But some people don't like that song of praise because it directs the attention off of them and they want the attention. If, you, know, you know the problem with people who are chronically depressed? I'm not talking about clinically depressed, but who are chronically depressed. You know why they're chronically depressed? Their attention is inward. They're always focused on me, my problem, how hard I've got it, how bad I've got what I don't have. What I, I'm going to tell you the quickest way to get out of that is start singing a song of praise unto the Lord. I'm directing the attention from me unto my God because He brought me out of a miry clay, set my feet on a solid rock, Establish my going. And God put a new song in my heart. It's a song of praise. Traumatic people, they don't like songs of praise. Because that takes the attention from me and puts it on the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. I'd rather be blessed by God to the degree... Sister Mary, that I don't have a problem singing praises unto my God for what He has done for me. And He has blessed me so much in the course of my life that I can't help but to praise Him. You know, you need to get out of the old hee-haw attitude of singing. The old hee-haw, remember the old drunks laying around? And their overalls and corn cob pipes, and you know they're laying on on the knees of some of them old good looking women that are you know today that people lavished over that's all wrinkled up old now, and they sang their famous song, gloom, despair, and agony on me, deep dark depression. Excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. So gloom, despair, and misery on me. And then comes the crying. I don't know about you, I don't like those kind of songs. I don't like those kind of songs. 
I don't like those songs that talk about loss and heartache and sorrows. And give, give me a song because I understand the power of praise and music. Give me a song like, like, like the servants of Saul said. That, that's, that's going to cause a change of spirit and a change of atmosphere in the place. I'm going to tell you something right now. There, there's enough sorrow in this world without you focusing your life on it. Amen. Things happen in everybody's life to the degree that, that you don't have to focus on this. Amen. There's attention enough on that. Amen. Somebody sing me a song. Amen. Somebody play something on an instrument and do it skillfully. That's going to change the atmosphere where I am that can change my spirit from sorrow to gladness. I hate Sorrow. I hate depression. I despise depression. Depression is a nasty trick of the enemy to people who do not have malfunctions of the brain chemically. Amen. But when, when you're constantly depressed and that's all you're focused on, I'm going to tell you something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with your spirit. Something's wrong with your attitude. You need, you need to cry out to the Lord and God will incline Himself to you. Amen. And God can take you out of that condition of the miry clay and, and set your feet on a rock and establish your going and put a new song in your mouth. The song... A praise unto our God. Amen. I'd rather be happy and joyful, Brother Tim, and focus the attention on Him than I had to be sad and beat down and despondent and all this kind of stuff just so people will look at me and look at my condition, my heartache, and my sorrow. I don't believe that's a will of God for God's people. The psalmist said, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. With singing. And I promise you, it will change the atmosphere of every service. No matter how sorrowful you may be because of the troubles and the turmoils of life, when you get into the house of God, if you enter in and you give joyful worship to the Lord, it not only will change the attitude, but it has the power to change your circumstances. If you don't believe it, go back and read Acts chapter 16 again. It has the power to change your circumstances. Amen? 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 Amen. Let's stand this morning all over this building.